I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey gang, good news. The Aer Lingus College Football Classic is back in Dublin at the Aviva Stadium this summer. The 24th of August, Florida State, Georgia Tech. I'm going to be there. Propos in the house. We'll get Ben as well. Hey, we might even drag Carlson with us this time. So if you want to be there too, head on over to collegefootballisland.com, collegefootballisland.com. Register interest. You'll be the first in the queue for tickets. We'll see you there. It is championship weekend, gang. I can I can just feel it's a palpable sense of urgency and excitement and focus on the face of Propo and Ben Isaacs. Good to see you both. Ben, I'm going to come to you first today because you might recall on the show, might have even been last week, week before, all made a reference to us as a family with Iron Mike as the crotchety grandpa. I think I was mom, which, yeah. let's be clear, it's a single parent family before anyone gets any ideas. Uh, you were the older brother. We'll kind of make, no, you were the middle brother. Middle brother. Um, uh, propo, the, y- the younger baby brother, right? This is borne out because uh, we spent no expense spared on customized NC show <laughs> branding for Propo to have as his backdrop. For, for the benefit of our YouTube channel, shout out to YouTube subscribers. Come in thick and fast, the NC show, go get involved with that. Uh, I mean, uh, Ben, it was thousands of pounds were spent on a customized studio for Propo at home with the NC branding. He's had it three weeks and it's already broken. Yeah, he's he's broken it, but at least he's kind of tidied up what's behind him because I've never I've never been to Propo's um, home, but I imagine it's very much like a student house. Mm-hmm. It's people in and out. There's like cans all over the place. Yeah. There's just 
all sort of detritus. There's there's people asleep probably in that room behind him. He doesn't even know who they are, mm-hmm. yes. and he doesn't doesn't want to wake them. They might not even ever wake up. It's that sort of thing. So at <laughs> least he's found an angle mm. that has that has books. God knows whose books they are. I I'd be amazed if he's ever read a book. Not even mine. He's in my book, and I doubt he's read it. Mm-hmm. Have you read yeah, it? Definitely hasn't read your book. No, of course, yeah, of read course you haven't no. read your book. No. Oh, where did you get all those books from? Because this is true. If those of you who would have watched our video on social media uh, in the last couple of years, or indeed over as I said over on YouTube, will know that usually before Propo's customized, no expense spared studio that he's broken, before he got that, it you have like a I think he had like a burrow shirt just nailed on <laughs> to the wall yeah. behind you. <laughs> now you're looking properly like NFL network slick with that with that background. It's, I know you are the talk sport breakfast producer and so you know things are looking up kiddo is that what this is about i mean you've got a lot of how many of those books did you purchase none none (laughs) i knew it i was literally about to say so this is dan carter's autobiography he gave that to me for free when he came in that's also signed did he sign it for you he signed signed proper yeah that's Stuart broads there that's also free he gave that to me when he came into the show did he sign it yeah he did sign it that's paper lion which nat coombs gave to me for christmas once oh that's a brilliant book you've got to read that one i've read it i that one i had i have actually read i have actually read it it's a brilliant book you read that means he's read eight pages of it no yeah i've actually read it and then these are just all the super bowl these are just the super bowl magazines that we get given for free aren't they and that's the open 150th anniversary one as well behind me as well oh and then the other one actually i did buy this is why england always lose brilliant football book uh which i must be one of the first books i ever ever read probably i was a little (laughs) side of my life (laughs) i was a little bit worried he wasn't actually at home he just set up shop in a very quiet bookshop that didn't have a lot of customers and he's just kind of sat himself down somewhere put his iPhone there to film himself and just do it from there to look very studious. But it does sound like he acquired these books semi-legally mm, yeah. and he flicked through some of them. So well, that's still, that's still to be d- determined. I mean, I, oh, he gave them to me. We'll, we'll, we'll put a, have a full investigation there as Propo just lifting it from uh, Stuart Broad's PR's bag. Um, hey, I'm glad you mentioned the open <laughs> because I want to give a shout out to our friends, uh, at DraftKings, of course, who coordinate our listener league. Go and get involved with that. If you click on the link, there are a contest this weekend. USA Sports, our pals are giving away prizes. DraftKings are as well. Free to enter. Uh, to pick your team, free to enter. We're going to pick our show team a bit later. But this is breaking news. We're going to have some big contests in our listener league for the Super Bowl. And check this out. One of the big prizes, two hospitality tickets for the British Open gang. Mm. July the 21st. Oh, you're not allowed to enter. You're not allowed to, um, not, went, not allowed to win it. that. You're not allowed to win that. Definitely, not. you'll be there anyway. I'm sure with with mm. radio, with your with your with your day job. So that's a lot of fun. Fifteen hundred dollars in total prizes for our Super Bowl special contest. So you've got to be in it to win it. If you join our contest this weekend, join our league now. You'll be automatically in the league, and therefore you can enter those contests when they go live in due course. Right. Uh, we're obviously going to make our championship picks. Our Drew Locks. We've got our. Uh, Propos, prop bets of the week. Of course, I'll beat him a parlay. What are we doing in terms of an acker this week? Complicated now. There are only two games. Propo? I've already sorted all of this. There's mm, the brilliant nice. producer that I am. I've nice. made a touchdown acker and I've made a Peterman parlay with spread picks. I've already got in contact with our brilliant partners at Fitstairs. They've approved everything. They've given me the odds. It's all completely sorted and I'm there for you. I just didn't consult either of you about this because you're two incredibly hard people to get a hold of. Not because Nat's yeah. so busy, but then Ben's also very drunk majority of the time. So yeah. I'm not sure I trust it. Fair. Ben, are you sober at the moment? or? Um, mm. In case my parole officer is listening, I am completely sober. 
Okay, we've got it nailed. Thanks, Propo. That's sterling work from you there. I like Propo going with Eli Manning, just taking care of business in the playoffs, uh, despite a season of indifference from Propo. But that's great news. So we'll get to all of that in a bit, of course, and we'll break down in particular the Ravens. Chiefs game, Sam Ty in the house this week, Sky Sports, ESPN, one of the best football journalists in, in the business, frankly. Massive Lions fan. He was on the show this week, midweek in the vault, and obviously Iron Mike's stylings and profilings available in the vault as well. So you can go and listen to that too. Um, we should also work out that given Propos taking care of business there, ChatGPT, given we're going to be picking, I'm sure, one game or t'other, ChatGPT, we can either give him, or all our picks, all our locks are around one game, aren't they? All right, yeah. great. So we can give ChatGPT the other game to pick, or if you fancy this, can we ask ChatGPT who ChatGPT thinks is going to be the next Liverpool manager? Can we ask ChatGPT that? Can we Bill see Belichick. What- Bill Belichick is, is not going to Bel- be busy. Well, he's not going to the Atlanta gig. I mean, that's breaking news there. So let's get into let's get into coaching hires first of all before we get into the games because there is a ton going on. Raheem Morris getting the Atlanta gig. Of course, he's he's been there before. Atlanta uh, is a place he knows well, an organization he knows well, and they know him. Uh, he, of course, at the 2020 season as their defensive coordinator, had a a spell as interim head coach as well, when they said, say goodnight, Gracie, to Dan Quinn. Morris, of course, had a shot at the top spot. God, God, time flies, man. When was he Tampa's head coach? A decade? No, over a decade ago, right? It was like 2010, 9, 10. Uh, he, he was there and it was uh, not a particularly happy spell. But as we see a lot of the time in the NFL, has completely um, rebuilt his reputation after that difficult run uh, with various spots. He was at the Rams, of course, with McVay. It was notable that Jalen Ramsey, a very uh, vocal character at the best of times, came out uh, fully endorsing the uh, the Falcons' selection here and said, look, any defensive player, any any heavyweight player that has played with Raheem Morris knows he he's the guy. Very popular with his team. But a lot of the time, of course, you see this with coordinators, I've been watching the the Chiefs season uh, in season documentary, the one on Sky that's kind of like Hard Knocks, where the latest episode ahead of the Miami game was following Spags around, and you see Spags is is very much that careerist defensive coordinator. The players love him. You talk to OC J Bell, who both played under him, of course, they love him. Doesn't always translate to them being able to occupy the top spot effectively. So Ben, let me come to you first on that. Do you feel that Raheem Morris? Uh, he's earned this shot, a, a, a head coaching opportunity. And it's a really interesting spot for him to go into because there's so much potential in Atlanta. But do you do you get the sense that he is one of these guys that can make it work as a head coach? Or is he a brilliant coordinator, but that's a step too far? What's your take on it? I still think he. Uh, there are certain people, and I'll put Vic Fangio in this, right. in this group, of people who were just exceptional defensive coordinators but did not seem when they were in the head coaching position that it was a that it was the right fit for them mm. that they perhaps did not enjoy the responsibility not so much like they couldn't handle the responsibility but being able to have to kind of keep so many sort of balls in the air rather than being able to really drill down and do something absolutely to an outstanding level i think with raheem morris his so his his record, 17 and 31 as a head coach, is bad. But he was in a bad spot. Yeah. He was really young. That's not to say you can't win if you're really young. Sean McVay has proved that wrong. But it wasn't a great setup for him. This does seem better. 
really any coach in Atlanta should be with that team last year. If you put most of the other NFL head coaches in that spot, I think that team makes the playoffs. Mm. So he's landed himself a really good position. It feels like he's been around forever because he was an NFL head coach a while ago, but the guy's still only 47, um, which actually makes him in one one of the older head coaches right now. I did a little (laughs) bit of, you'll like this propo because you're the research king. But I worked out that only 14 current NFL head coaches were born before the first Star Wars film came out. And I think that's a watershed moment in world culture. So he was, uh, he is old enough to have um, to have been, to have watched Star Wars. What least. year was that then? 77? 77, yeah. Mm, okay. So yeah. Squeaks so, in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depends so which even, month, right? So even then, to me... Proper, have like you seen he, Star Wars? Uh, not the first three. <laughs> oh my god have you never but, seen the empire strikes back proper no, no, no. can you see this can you see the string of like the jets and stuff flying down and oh my god i can't believe you mate well we won't see the string with raheem morris right he's the real deal i think he can be a winner in atlanta this is a really good situation for him i like this hire i wasn't really expecting it i'd convinced myself it was going to be bill belichick and i yeah. think there's a lot, of, a lot of reasons why it wasn't him but i like this fit and I'm really rooting for Raheem, Raheem Morris. I'm glad that he's got that second bite of the cherry because a lot of the times you don't. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100% on that. Love it. Love to see him. As I say, he's an enduringly popular guy in the league and not just with his players. He's just an all-round good guy. So good on him. And, and it's a really exciting opportunity. But propos, as Ben suggests, this was a gig that a week ago we thought Belichick's, Belichick rather was a lock to, uh, to land it. And now they're suddenly tailspinning with the other spots going which will we'll break down of course Belichick might not end up anywhere at least this season and, and I guess the longer he's out the harder is it for him to come back is this are you surprised that there doesn't seem to be much of a of a market for Belichick I think realistically we assumed that his greatness and his legacy would override the fact and this narrative surrounding him that his coaching style is dated the way he treats players is dated and I think we assumed that that would be ignored and his winning capabilities and his incredible record would be the thing that people focused on. But I think when you see the Atlanta Falcons go with a guy like Raheem Morris, who is literally the antithesis of that, who is a culture guy, he's the kind of guy who's going to get the best out of his players. Every single player, when he speaks about Raheem Morris, seems to say how brilliant he is as a person. He's a great listener. He's the exact person you want in your corner and he's going to get the best out of his individual players, even though he's a defensive coordinator. Whereas Bill Belichick obviously is very much known for just his scheming, his defensive scheming and being able to get the best out of his players in terms of what's on the field and not necessarily kind of focusing on them as people and as human beings. I spoke to David Andrews and we were out in Germany and Frankfurt, obviously the longtime centre for the Patriots. And he said to me, he was like, yeah, for the first four years, you terrified to speak to Belichick. You didn't want to speak to him. You were terrified he was going to call you out. He would call you out all the time. He would just at least rip into you. You'd be a little bit intimidated to go and speak to him. But then obviously you kind of get his humour and you start to develop a relationship with him and it all kind of works out I don't think you have time for that in the NFL anymore and I think that's probably why Arthur Blank's gone with someone like Raheem Morris instead of someone like Bill Belichick would Bill Belichick be the right person because it looks like they might be running with Desmond Ritter to make him a better quarterback yeah in that's terms really of interesting this, point. yeah I mean loads of really interesting points the Ritter point I guess I wonder if that worked against Belichick with the, the whole Mac Jones capitulation and the quarterback problems he's been really since Brady obviously since Brady but even the cam backing that might have had some bearing oh I just want to get your drill down a little bit more quickly on 
this sense of culture and how important that is because obviously you cover a lot of sports with uh, with the breakfast show and, and a lot of football and I, and I'm it's something I'm really intrigued uh, really intrigued about because the I worked with Jaybell the other night at this some corporate thing we were doing and one of the one of the people in the audience obviously asked about Belichick, right? This is before um, Morris had got the gig, and and just to clarify the Belichick situation, Garofalo's reporting on NFL.com that the two remaining gigs, which are Washington and Seattle, he's not in the frame for, right? He's based on rumblings that like Belichick's not probably not going to get those either. So, uh, but this was before that it broke, and Jay Bell made the point, which is a good one. That style of coaching is fine when you're winning, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're not, everything crumbles down. And I think that's a fair point that obviously we have a different perspective on Belichick's fairly surly demeanor and how he deals with his with his players and the culture and, and you guys coming in and they're not used to this leaders going and everything changes. You, you, you get it. But, oh, from a football perspective, as in soccer perspective, do you think the same thing's happening? Do you think it is now fundamental for managers to have this cultural affinity or a, approachability and a, um, ability to connect with their players in a fundamentally different way to coaches 15, managers 15, 20 years ago? I would say yes. I think on a very topical note, Jurgen Klopp did that with Liverpool. The players right. absolutely love them, love him. They live for him. They play for him. I think the same way with Pep Guardiola, although Pep Guardiola is going to call you out on certain things, he's still going to nurture you and he's going to look after you if you're if you're in his plans. We obviously but Mourinho did that. And Mourinho used to say Mourinho players love him, but he's positioned now as a slightly outmoded coach, isn't he? But that's because of the requirement he puts on players. They always say that before every, every Friday night, you'd get given a... 600 page planning book that's why they always say that he was three years and out because you get given such a fat planning book as to what your what your job was for the next game and that exhausts players and they don't have the capability to do that year in year in year out that's why he gets early success with teams and doesn't necessarily mm. get long longevity with teams I, I just think that i mean there's so many comparisons while we're on this topic to bill belichick and sir alex ferguson isn't there in terms of their success in terms of their style yes alex ferguson was probably a little bit more actively aggressive shall we say from some of the reports but I think Bill Belichick <laughs> was almost like as passively aggressive as actively aggressive Sir Alex Ferguson was and I think they are two old old school coaches who had incredible success during their era during their period but you do have to adapt to the times mm. times do change you look at the successful coaches now with likes of Sean McVay you even look at the way that John Harbour's adapted you look at the way that Andy Reid's adapted Andy Reid get giving a cheeseburger after the Chiefs won a certain game I can't remember he broke some record he got given a cheeseburger by Mahomes and Kelsey and had a laugh about it you would never see Bill Belichick doing that because of the fear that he induces on his players so I do think somewhat you have to adapt to the generation you see Belichick dancing is what we're saying no you definitely <laughs> You wouldn't see Belichick dancing. So you do somewhat have to adapt to the generation of players. Obviously, it's a different era now. They're millennials. Mm. We talk about it all the time. They're a different style of human being. It is just the case. It's the social I mean, media generation. You have bad, to adapt bad. to We that. have to deal with all the whole time. Oh. And, and generationally, we find that problematic. Yeah, exactly. So it makes a we, good point. We are like Belichick there. Do you know what, though? I, <laughs> I know, and all joking aside, I know the, what would be the number one best job for Bill Belichick right now. It's not open. A year ago, it was open. It's a shame it hasn't happened like that. And that's for him to go into college and be the Navy head coach. So Ooh, his dad, his, his dad, dad yeah. his dad was a coach at the Naval Love Academy. It. So the thing is, he likes to have total control, 
which I think is what is putting off certain general managers when they're if if they're in the interview, if he's coming in to interview for an NFL job and the general manager is there, the general manager is thinking he wants my job as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Do I actually sure. want him in the building? If yeah. you're a college head coach, you are even more of a CEO overseeing everything. Mm. Now, what about the we... Michigan gig, Ben? Oh, no. What he needs, the reason the reason that the Navy job would work for him is that he doesn't need to be all touchy-feely and kind of be super nice to these guys. These are people who have signed up for military service. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any head coach is touchy-feely, Ben. I think that would be a little bit illegal, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, but it's a good oh. point. Belichick would hate college. I mean, the more I think about it, he would, I mean, particularly but, now when they're making loads of money. Oh, yeah, but, apart, but in the it. Naval Academy... These are people he will consider to be, I like these guys, not not these other bums, you know? And he would he would turn he would turn the Navy team into into winners again. It would be a perfect fit, but they hired someone a year ago. Mm. They're not they're not at that point. But I think he would absolutely love it. And he would love those players because they are obviously not. It's a great idea. I love players. it. I love I love the connection with his dad. Um and that we talk about it a lot. The the Belichick uh book by Halberstam is brilliant. So I'd really recommend that as a read. Um okay, we mentioned Harbour. He's the next big name, of course, to, to come in, heading to LA. Ben, break down this move and what you think of it. You know what? I was a little bit surprised. Um it's a little bit of a different move for for Harbour and the way that in the jobs that he's taken previously. Now he's gone in somewhere where the quarterback position is set. He's gone into situations previously where that was that was something that was in flux. Even with the 49ers, it was in flux. He got the best other quarterbacks there, but it was it was in flux. At Michigan, they'd been struggling to get the right to get the right guy. Ended up getting Andrew Luck at Stanford, and he turned Stanford into winners. Now, this is the thing: he does create winners. He got that job at Stanford. And you shouldn't win at Stanford. It's so difficult as a student to get into Stanford that if you find someone who's a good enough player who you want to recruit, they've also got to be a borderline genius to be able to get into Stanford. So it's so hard to win. And he turned them into winners for this short period where they were fantastic, one of the best teams in the country. And then he left and then they went off a cliff. Now, that's the effect the Harbour could have in college he went to the 49ers he built them into consistent winners nfc championship basically every single year he didn't win a super bowl that was that was a big regret michigan was the job he always wanted so when that was open and he was offered that he was gone in a heartbeat mm. it didn't go well for him at first he couldn't get over the hump of, of beating ohio state and there was talk that he was on the hot seat so he he went to the athletic uh, director and said cut my salary he had his salary cut with big bonuses if he did beat Ohio State, did win the Big Ten, did win NFL, uh, the, uh, the uh, national championship. He bet on himself and it absolutely paid off. So he earned a fortune doing that. He did what he most wanted to do, win a national championship at Michigan. Now he feels he's got unfinished business. But the reason it surprises me is that I feel that the Chargers, that's going to be a difficult spot to win in. Obviously, they've got the quarterback set and he's wrapped up. They've got the contract. That's sorted. But they are in salary cap hell and they've got a roster that really needs a lot of rebuilding. I am I think he can make a success of it. But I think if he was going into Atlanta right now, the thought would be, okay, I'm a quarterback away from being one of the best teams in the NFL mm. if I play my cards right. Whereas there's a lot to do with the Chargers, a lot 
but he does like to rebuild things. Oh, what do you think of the, before we get into our games, of the remaining opportunities? So Washington and Seattle, you think about the contenders there. And of course, you've got Ben Johnson, for example, who is definitely going to be getting a look at, I'd imagine, both of those jobs, right? That are they're tied up right now, of course, with their eyes on a few other things. But that's one of the reasons, I guess, for the delay that their front runners might still be affiliate with one of the four teams left in in the running for the Super Bowl. What's your gut feel on who might land where and who would be a good fit for either? And do you think Johnson, last year, a lot of hype about him. He stuck with Detroit. Will a lot depend on what happens this weekend, do you think, in terms of where he goes next? Uh, very quickly, I would just like to point out that I do have a major concern about Harbaugh going to LA only because I heard reports that he drink he has a Gatorade with his cereal and he is a massive Judge Judy fan. He's actually been in the front row of Judge Judy several times. Wow, uh, that is it's weird, brilliant, isn't it? Sociopathic frat boy behavior, if you that ask me. That is very weird. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got Rogers hosting Jeopardy. I mean, I know all the other stuff around Rogers. That is just weird. <laughs> really weird. Weird, isn't it? really yeah. weird it's yeah. like what is rogers hosting jeopardy it's like is it like sort of harry kane <laughs> rocking up and hosting the wheel for a couple of <laughs> couple of weeks <laughs> not even the wheel it's like blankety blank or something it's just so yeah. weird um so yeah on that basis yeah. alone propo i love you I, I think it's concerning it's like the will levis uh having mayonnaise in his coffee i just i just can't have yes. it i'm afraid uh i think realistically i would be very surprised if this next season starts without mike Vrabel as a head coach somewhere mm. and i think he probably suits the commanders more so than the Seahawks, just purely based on the fact that I think he is the ultimate guy to kind of turn a team around. He is the ultimate guy to get the best out of a, a bad roster and kind of rebuild a team. He is a culture guy, and I think he mm. can get the best out of this team. And yes, they don't have a quarterback right now, but they've got the second pick, so they'll be able to build around that quarterback. I think Vrabel would be a great suit for the commanders, and I think what he did with the Tennessee Titans week in, week out, for the courtesy of his his tenure there is deserved of another head coaching job in the NFL. So I'd be very surprised if he doesn't land at either Seattle or Washington. Seattle, I think I th Seattle, I think is interesting because I guess you can make the argument that Ben Johnson should go to Washington because he can build that offense around the new quarterback. They've obviously got receiving pieces in Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, and obviously they've got Brian Robinson as well at running back. But then again, Ben Johnson, I think also, like how great would it be if he manages to get a new quarterback or even utilize Geno Smith, who had a yeah. solid year in the grand I think they might look at that. I think that's a really good point. I think they might look at the fact that what he's done with golf, Geno's similar kind yeah. of level. Yeah. yeah. And also, I guess after all the years with, with Carroll, a defensively minded coach, they they want to they want to change it up. So yeah, that is um, that is interesting. Well, obviously, we'll keep an eye on uh, on those opportunities, on those highs uh, as they happen, and we'll be across it here on the NC Show. But we've got to take care of a bit of business now. We've got to take care of championship round. We've got to take care. Firstly, of the Drew Locks competition, where do we stand, Propo, in terms of numbers? So I got a win last week. Does that mean I'm ahead of you now? Yeah, you're definitely ahead of me. You're ahead of me by one, which is not not ideal. I got pretty unlucky again. I said the only thing that would affect the over in that Green Bay 49ers game is if it absolutely chucked it down with rain. And uh, did you notice that whenever it was chucking it down with rain, they didn't score any points? And they had that, was it the second or the third quarter where there was like something like 28 points or like 35 yeah. points or something, just because there was no rain at that point. Whereas as soon as the fourth quarter came, there was just the rain just like tipping down again. And obviously we ended up losing that one. I've had one hell of a run with Drew Locks recently. It has to be said. Yeah, I've been on fire. That is uh, I have um, been on fire in terms of, of Not bad so much luck. In, the, uh, in the overall picks contest. 
I think it's fair for me to bring this up now. This is the season-long picks contest. Oh, yeah, you've won that now, yeah. Ben, as I described to you on uh, on our WhatsApp group earlier on in the week, that's like winning the cha- the the championship compared to, or the title, I should say. Maybe it could be the championship title. I'm, I'm the Leicester City of this organisation. That's like winning the title compared to your flurry of wins in the Drew Locks, which is like the FA Cup. Uh, see, I, I think of it. I think of it differently. I, I would say you winning the picks contest is like winning the Premier League. Thanks. But winning the Drew Locks, that's like mm. winning the Champions League because that's where the, that's there's just so much money and glory mm. there. And it's these. It's not the constant grind. It's just getting it right on the day. And that's fair point. I quite like that analogy. Skill. I might concede that ground. Does that mean propos prop bets at the Europa League? Europa <laughs> Conference. No, I think it's the Peter and Parley. It's the it's the conference. <laughs> the Peter hey, is definitely the conference. We love the it. Conference League on this show. How dare you? That's a proper. We are European champions. Um, okay, so all in all. We're kind of decent on this season, but we want to end strong. Chat GPT still on tilt, though, right? Complete tilt. Thought the Bucks would win last week. <laughs> My God. Do you know yeah. what, then? Let's, let's, let me just tell you now, yeah. because I put in, because the predictions have been so bad. Mm-hmm. I want to know what Chat GPT's prediction for the next Liverpool manager would be. Oh, yeah, right. And it says, in a surprising turn of events, I mean, you know, once Chat GPT leads up with something like that, you know you're going to get some absolute nonsense. Liverpool FC announces their new manager to be none other than Jurgen Klopp's charismatic lookalike, who has been secretly preparing for the role by studying Klopp's coaching style and tactics. The uncanny resemblance fools everyone at first, but as the season unfolds, fans realise they have a Klopp 2.0 leading the team to even greater success. The mysterious doppelganger becomes a legend in Liverpool folklore, known for mimicking Klopp's touchline celebrations and bringing a new level of joy and enthusiasm to Anfield. Thank you, ChatGPT for another pile of absolute bullshit. Oh, it's amazing. I was I thought it I was thinking, is there a manager that obviously Andy, someone like the great Andy Brassel would know, like in the Eredivisie second division that looks <laughs> a lot like Klopp they're going to announce, but no, no, just go for this straight lookalike from a, yeah. a talent agency, lookalike agency. Unbelievable. Wouldn't that be great if that if that's the decision <laughs> they made? Just unreal. Um, and now, if we changed you- your hair and gave you glasses, you wouldn't be far off. Thanks, but I need my teeth done as well. I need yeah, to have, your like, teeth done as well. Caps. Yeah, then you could be, you could be well, the next Liverpool manager. I head to Turkey and get, get some dental work done, and we're in business. <laughs> um, okay, so where shall we start? We're going to concentrate uh, on the game that none of us are actually picking our Drew Locks from, right? Which is the Chiefs Ravens, because well, we've talked a lot about the 49ers Lions already on earlier shows this week, and oh, you were really interesting in in the chat uh, earlier on today, at which completely echoes where I'm going with this game as well. On almost every level, logic suggests that the Ravens are going to take this. Yeah. But I I just have a feeling. I have a feeling about this. So let's try and break this down. Hopefully Ben might add some much needed credibility and composure to this. So this was a really interesting point. Um, if we're putting the case against the Chiefs, right? So the case for the mm-hmm. Ravens here. Firstly, the way the Chiefs got a lot of success against the Bills was in the middle, leveraging Kelsey, really hammering that weak area defensively for the Bills because of particularly because of injury, where the Ravens are, are super sturdy, right? So you feel that the um limitations of this Chiefs offense this season are so apparent that for them to have a shot, Kelsey's got to go off. They've got to get the ground game going. And the Ravens feel like they can they can limit that. So straight off the bat, this mini revival of the Chiefs offense feels 
short-lived. Victor Fur, the great Victor Fur on uh, over on the Athletic, love his love his column, love his picks. We should see how we stack up against Vic's picks. Actually, I reckon we're doing his his picks aren't great. He, I think they're entertaining, but he's yeah, kind of like 50-50 all the he's time. He's a great writer. I like the fact he's quite. He just he rolls the dice. But he made a really really good point. Um, breaking down that win, right? So they uh, basically, you think if you break down what went down in that game for a narrow three point win, a fake punt that was just on every level odd. Josh Allen missing. Uh, a receiver in the end zone, digs his drop, and then the missed field goal, obviously, most notably, right? So the Chiefs won a fair play to them, but they kind of squeaked it, right? So again, logic prevails. Then you think with the Ravens and the pressure they can get on an already fragile line and what we're thinking about Joe Tooney, what is, is it Joe Tooney's status? Looks bad. Looks bad, right? And Andrews in the eight, about eight minutes ago just announced 10 minutes ago so whilst we were recording this yeah it's confirmed as active as well so they're going to be re-upping there so god on so many levels it feels like the Ravens should cakewalk this but propo you're not so sure uh well i honestly from the word go and i've felt so stupid betting against patrick mahomes last week when he inevitably did what patrick mahomes does and seems to pull out a victory out of nowhere and i've just been sort of breaking down the numbers for Patrick Mahomes. I want to open this up by asking you to a question, which is, right, if Patrick Mahomes retires tomorrow ahead mm. of the game, incredibly controversial, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Right, number number one, I had this, I, my thought was I was going to ask you, if the Chiefs win this Super Bowl and he then retired, is he first ballot? I think he retires tomorrow, he's first ballot. Yeah, um, I agree. He de- he's, he's first ballot if he retires tomorrow. Right, so here's, here's why I think maybe not first ballot. If in this situation, if it was tomorrow and he didn't, win this last Super Bowl, there would be a lot of lot of voters who would take issue with how short his career is and would be would kick the can down the road and on principle wouldn't want it to be a a straight first ballot guy. I I think there would be resentment. Mm, if but he in terms of Bowl, in terms of what he's done in his career so far he deserves it. Oh he deserves it. Yeah. And he would get in, but I don't. I don't think it would be first ballot just on principle. Yeah, I think that's what would happen if he, if for some reason he won that third and then stopped straight in, because yeah. it would just be so insane. But I, I had been thinking the same thing, like what what the guy has achieved and what he continues to achieve, and the the two most annoying narratives I've seen on Twitter in the last week. Number one, the NFL will do everything to make sure the Chiefs win because. They want Taylor Swift fans to watch oh, the Super Bowl yeah. and they want great ratings for the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. I don't think the NFL has ever had an issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the same way, I don't think Taylor Swift has any issue getting people to listen to no. her music. So it's I'm just TikTok hot takes. That's what it is. And, and the second one is, and I've seen this multiple people have been retweeting this nonsense. I don't think they agree with it, but it's because it's funny. People saying, Mahomes showing all the doubters wrong all season. Everyone wrote him off. Everyone wrote off the Chiefs. Everyone said that Mahomes was washed up. Nobody. Nobody has thought that ever for a second. People thought, oh, he's not got as many weapons around him as possible. Yeah. That's going to make His it more difficult. And we've been proved correctly there. But Patrick Mahomes still proved himself to be almost superhuman. And yeah. yes, everything he's achieved right now, it's it's Hall of Fame worthy, even if he did nothing else. Great question. Great answer. Okay. So, so. Mahomes, this is the one I put into the chat. 
which I think is absolutely bonkers. Some of his playoff statistics are actually out of this world. Mahomes is eight and two straight up in the playoffs when trailing by seven plus points at any point. When trailing by a touchdown. And those two losses were versus Tom Brady. Yeah. Which is just, yeah, the other goat with, we're going to say the Patrick Mahomes on track. So one was the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. One was the Super Bowl and one was the AFC Championship game. We don't, everyone's seen the fact that he's, Six, six years starting in six AFC Championship games is, again, absolutely bonkers. But listen to this one. In the playoffs, he's got a 16-game playoff career. Mahomes has 38 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions, and 4,561 passing yards. Only three quarterbacks have ever put up those numbers uh, in any regular season. That's Mahomes 2020, Matt Ryan 2016, and Rogers 2011. So he is literally in the playoffs, a record-breaking quarterback compared to what the regular season is. In January and February, Mahomes has faced seven defenses, allowing fewer than 20 points per game. So going up against elite defenses, like he is going up against this week, without a doubt, the best defense in the NFL right now. He is 7-0 and straight up and 6-1 and against the spread. Mahomes, and this is funny, because a lot of my friends outside of this world that we obviously live in don't really necessarily take that much entertainment they'll watch the Super Bowl but they're not huge NFL fans and I kind of want to sometimes just strangle them and just say I don't think anyone quite realizes what Patrick Mahomes is like he's not only the great potentially the greatest quarterback to ever live he's potentially one of the greatest athletes he's one of, potentially yeah. one of the most clutch athletes he's Michael Jordan level in terms of the impact he's having yeah. in this sport and it's probably the hardest sport to do it in because of the amount of stuff that the amount of factors that go into it and yes he's been very fortunate to have Tyreek Hill earlier in his career Ta- Travis Kelsey Andy Reid, and then going into this year, he's been very much sort of not necessarily carried, but he's been very much relying on how great this defense is. It's still like you are terrified whenever he has the ball in the playoffs, which is just, it's just beyond, it's honestly beyond sort of comprehension what he is capable of doing in these scenarios. It's not only does he achieve those things, you cannot take your eyes off him. Because of the because of the way he plays. Well, this is, is oh, this that's a really interesting entertaining wrinkles. player yeah, in the it, league. That has to be factored in, right? I mean, this is this is often um I think historically applied to say Marino, right? So Marino was just such an such an exciting player to a very different player to Mahomes, but such an exciting player to watch. Vic, such an exciting player to watch. X Factor. And look, let's face it, so is Jackson. Let's be let's mm-hmm. be clear on this. He is right up there, I think, just in terms of watchability. But yeah, Mahomes is he's Peyton Manning was brilliant and unbelievably efficient. And a bit like when you're watching a defensive masterclass and you admire it, you admire just the smarts and and, and the savvy. Uh, of, of Manning, but he wasn't. A, it wasn't pretty to watch at times, right? Mahomes is just electric to watch. It's it's yeah. It's a it's a good way of putting it. If you if you already love the game, and you can appreciate what quarterbacks do, you can watch Peyton Manning put on one of these masterclasses, and it is glorious to watch. If you've not watched an NFL game before, and you would watch Peyton Manning, or at certain points Tom Brady. They make mm. certain things look really easy and they're not doing ridiculous things. It's just ruthlessly efficient. The ball always in the right spot, always the right decisions. But Patrick Mahomes will make things out of nothing where there shouldn't be anything there. And he does these things that mean like you cannot turn off. He is mm. like he's red zone by himself. And I was looking at <laughs> yeah. I was looking at AFC championship games and I realized something. So my daughter is in year eight. Right. So she's in her second year of secondary school. She feels like, you know, 13 going on 30, you know, the usual sort of thing. In her lifetime, every single AFC championship game has either been the Patriots in it or the Chiefs in it. 
that sustained dominance. So the, the tail end, in effect, of Brady's career and the start of Mahomes' career. Yeah. If Mahomes carries on anywhere near the level he's at, I don't know, like, I don't know who could match him. Well, already to Propo's point, he's already had what 13 playoff wins, right? There's yeah. listen to the quarterbacks that puts him ahead of. That puts him ahead of, well, joint with Roethlisberger and Favre, right? More than Rogers, more than Aikman, more than Breeze. I mean, yeah. The, I, Aik, the Aikman one is the big one that surprises me there because that's that's a guy with three Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, you know, Mahomes may may well may well match that in a few weeks. Yeah. Rogers, I've always said he's perhaps the greatest regular season quarterback mm. I've ever seen, which is a passive aggressive way of saying why could he not produce the same magic in the playoffs? Mm. Mahomes seems to find an extra gear. Mm. He's eight and zero in divisional and wildcard games. You need I, his wide receivers to drop the ball to have any chance against him. You literally need them to. Yeah, and this is where, you know, I've been harping on for a while now that if they get to the dance, it's entirely plausible that Valdez Scanning, who actually, you know, well. flashed, yeah, flashed last week. And and every week I feel like I talk about a Canarius. I, it, maybe that's why, because <laughs> I talk about it every week. Maybe it's going to happen in the Super Bowl. They'll get past the Ravens this week and Canarius Tony will have 136 yards oh. and two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I what, mean, what? Yeah, but what if that is against the Lions? Like he co- he cost them oh, so yeah, much yeah. against the Lions in Week yeah. One. Yeah, Imagine yeah. that, and he just goes off. I, hmm. do you know, I I I love your stats, oh, and I cannot compete with those. However, hmm. I do I do have a couple of fun ones about Ravens dominance right now. Mm-hmm. So the Ravens haven't lost in regulation to a team from outside the AFC North since November 2022, which is quite a run. And the Ravens, and I read this on The Athletic, the Ravens and the 07 Patriots are the only teams in NFL history with a plus 100 point differential versus playoff teams through the regular season. That 07 Patriots team in the regular season was, if I remember correctly, quite good. So the idea that the Ravens can match that, like when they're beating teams, they are beating them down. This Ravens team is absolutely outstanding. And... Mm. I've been going back and forth on this because picking against Mahomes feels crazy, but the Bills could have won last week if they weren't so mm-hmm. thin at linebacker. And the Chiefs soundly beat Miami, but in terrible conditions, and the Dolphins basically had no healthy edge rushers. It's been mm-hmm. a weird postseason for Chiefs opponents. The only thing that's not been weird is the Chiefs winning because it's January and they win and they win. No matter what, they just win and win and win. But this week, I don't know. I have a hot take. Yeah. Come on. I think this could be one of the greatest games we've seen, potentially mm. ever. I genuinely think with a quarterback play at, at disposal, when you've got Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, and then you've potentially got two of the best defences in the NFL, we're not going to just see superstar play from Jackson and Mahomes. We're going to see superstar play from Chris Jones. Legereus Sneed's going to have his say. Marlon Humphrey's coming back. These edge rushers, those linebackers for the Baltimore Ravens are just incredible. I just, I think this could be one of the greatest games in NFL history, and I think it's set up to be just with how brilliant both of these teams are and all of the angles surrounding it the head coaches been doing it for so long there isn't really weaknesses outside of obviously the receiving weapons for the Chiefs but you still say Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey are obviously getting hot at the right time Vada Skelling as you've said and it's just Patrick Mahomes you never really Pacheco know what as he's well. going to be able I to love do. Pacheco he's become one of my favourite players Pacheco and that's one thing you can do is run on the Ravens it's one yeah. thing you can do the two oldest head coaches in the NFL right now as well 
So it really feels like NFL teams are kind of skewing young, getting in their getting in their head coaches. But you've got the two old guys here with incredibly entertaining teams, the two most exciting quarterbacks to watch, the two most watchable quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I think. Do you know what though? On the Hall of Fame conversation, if Mahomes had lost to the Bills, right now everyone would say that Mahomes can't win a road playoff game. Yeah. And that yeah, would end up being talking heads in it. Yeah, but that would end up being a narrative of like, hmm, but how good is he really? Which is absolute nonsense, obviously. Prop, have you got any prop bets from this game for this game? Yeah, so I've also got a little game for both of you. I'll run through my prop bets quickly. They're quite yeah. niche ones just because of how great these defenses are. I'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive to go towards Travis Kelsey because of how strong the Ravens have been on defense and stopping tight ends. I think they'll try and take him away. I also think Rasheed Rice, they'll try and take Rice away. And on the other side of the ball, I think there's a flowers going up against Snead and Trent McDuffie. I think that's a bad matchup for them. I do think the Chiefs and the Ravens will be able to run all over them. The Ravens, I think it's really tough because are they going to go with Justice Hill? Are they going to go with Gus Edwards? I thought Edwards looked a bit slow and sluggish last week. Or are they going to bring in Dalvin Cook for that narrative as well? So I find that a little bit hard to go with. So I will probably take the Pacheco over yardage, but it is quite high, especially if they go behind. It's all about the way the game script goes. So some of the ones, the outside ones I really like, Justice Hill over 14 and a half receiving yards. Hill played 72% of passing downs last week and he's going up against a Chiefs team that averages 27 yards loud in the air to running backs against their great receiver coverage I like Hill to be used more here this one I will love, love for the uh, for the fans out there Odell Beckham over 20 and a half receiving yards everyone's talking about how literally was used last week but it is that's just because they took them they took a huge lead against the Texans in the second half he had 50% snap rate in the first half but as soon as they got that lead they weren't going to utilize him and this stat works in his favor since week 17 Kansas City have utilized too high with 81% of their coverage snaps since week 12. Beckham Jr. has been the team's second go-to against too high. Over 20 and a half receiving yards is just low. And going back to what I said, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, if they can't have a big game, Justin Watson over 14 and a half receiving yards. Considering considering that he ranks third in targets for the Chiefs, that is an insanely low number. And we're realistically expecting the Chiefs to have to pass the ball because of how good this offense on the Ravens is. But I'm going to play a little game of Harold Lur with some of the more notable names for you two see what you think uh, in terms of their rushing yard and their receiving yard props. High or low, Gus Edwards over 41 and a half rushing yards. I'm going, I'm going higher. Yeah, I'm going over on that one too. I like Patrick that. Mahomes over 241 and a half passing yards, which is oh. low. Oh, 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 I'm taking I'm all day on that. I, that yeah, is really over. low. That feels really low. Love it does feel really low, but it's because they're the two passing, best passing defenses in the, yeah. in the yeah. NFL, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. why. Over for that. Lamar Jackson, this number opened at 58 and a half. It's now gone up to over 66 and a half rushing, rushing yards. Rushing yards. Wow. I mean, mm, the thing is, yeah, all he needs is, yeah, two or three of those 14 yard. But I mean, yeah, you'd be your home with it, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Chiefs struggled to contain Josh Allen running out of the pocket last week. So what are you saying, Propo? Because you are the prop king of Chicago. I just think it's, I, I'm slightly, if I'd got that, if I'd got that number at 58 and a half, I'd be so happy. The thing yeah. is, I'm never, you're never going to bet the under. Like who's going to bet under Mahomes passing yards? Who's <laughs> so going to bet dry. under? Even the under King of Watson wouldn't do that. I know, not so even cool. I would do that. That would just be, imagine you're just sitting there and you're watching the game and you've just got Lamar Jackson breaking off. and Mahomes Tackle him. Huge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you just don't want to do it. You don't want to do it realistically, but that may be the reason why to play it. But uh, yeah, I think I'll be probably leaning towards, that's why I'm leaning towards all these kind of, <laughs> other surplus players to kind of have a big game just because I think these numbers are also inflated massively to be completely honest with you. I I like, I like Rushy Rice in this game though, because I think they're going to end up sort of 
using a lot of screens mm-hmm. directed at him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I saw the line on receptions for him is five and a half. And to mm-hmm. me, that feels that feels low. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's going to get 100 yards, but the idea of getting six catches, I can believe that. Yeah. Um, the last one uh, is McCall Hardman over 10 and a half receiving yards after his oh. unbelievable cameo last week. Oh. Maybe because, I mean, Tony, my favorite, he, he's been downgraded. So in, we're recording this Friday. Thursday's practice limited to mm, he might not if, if uh, I'm going to if if Tony suits up, I'm going to back him for any time touchdown. <laughs> but if he doesn't, I might take the the Hardman over. You know, we're going to be watching it together, of course, the three of us, our friends, Patsy Young. Patiunk Avenue in Waterloo. We're going to be there. Talk Sport, we're going to be there as well, doing the NFC Championship game live from there. That's going to be interesting because Will's in the in the chair for that one. But he's going to be at the game beforehand, at the bar beforehand, obviously, watching the AFC game. And he goes live on air at 11-ish. Oh, that sounds like quite a dangerous cocktail to me. Probably literally dangerous cocktails going down. <laughs> yeah, all I'm going to say is, is Will has been doing that job long enough. I think he's pretty much managed to deliver good broadcasts in any state. Mm. Uh, I've, I think I've seen him do many a broadcast after being at a bar uh, for the NFL, and I think if anything, it probably makes it slightly more entertaining for the listener. Lively broadcast. You know, my, my, my fear, if I was in his position, wouldn't be the amount of alcohol, but the food options there. When it's like I'll have a bit of that yeah. and a bit of yeah, that yeah, and a bit yeah. of that, and then you're perhaps dropping off because uh, nodding off so much meat. I, I don't think he's going to nod off during the 49ers no. championship. I think he might stay awake for that one. Um, of course, uh, that game is live on TalkSport. We're going to be down there as well, uh, the three of us, with our friends Fitstairs are going to be in the house as well. We're going to hang with the Fitstairs crew. If you are going to have any action uh, on the championship games this weekend, Fitstairs is the place to do it. They are our pals. Uh, they are our preferred betting partner, of course. Uh, do everything in moderation. Gambleaware.org, you know the drill by now. If you are going to take any of Propo's prop bets, uh, well, they should all be on there. But if there are any prop bets you want to take beyond that, then just ask Fitzdez. If you can't see him quoted, they will give you a price, the live chat, phone him, whatever is your poison. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to release, reveal our Drew Locks of the week. we got our DraftKings team of the week. Are you both have a team? So are we doing mm-hmm. two teams or are we doing one official show team? How's it working? We'll work ben is going to be the official show team and I'm going to create a rival team. Like it. Okay. That's all coming up after these messages from our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Fitstairs Edge Rush. Nat Coombs, Prop O, Ben Isaac in the house. We didn't pick. We didn't nail our colors to the most. I'm going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. Yep, I'm going to take him. I'm taking the Chiefs. You know what I'm going to have, actually, where the value's at, Propo? I'm going to take Chiefs money line. Mm, I was thinking that. I just think it's too good. It's about 13 to 8 right now, which is just Mm. too good, considering that you've got Patrick Mahomes. The number's actually gone out to four. I think the majority of the pros are on the Ravens. The whole narrative around this game is because of... Have the Chiefs done it against a good defense yet? The Bills obviously were completely injured. The Dolphins completely injured. That is the narrative around this game. This is complete head over heart. And I've been mm-hmm. going back. I think this is one of the hardest games. We've been doing this show for, what, three years now. I think this is one of the hardest games I've ever had to pick. I've yeah. genuinely been waking up in the middle of the night changing my pick. Like, that's how hard I think it is. Because either way, you're going to feel like an idiot. You're going to, you either the Chiefs cover and potentially win the game and you've gone with the Ravens and you think, in what world should I have ever backed against Patrick Mahomes? Look at all these stats, look at all these trends. But then also the Ravens could easily win this game by 20 points. And you think, of course the Ravens are going to win this game by 20 points. This is like the Bucks Super Bowl. Like one of the stupidest picks I ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the Chiefs against the, yeah, was the Bucks Super Bowl. Chiefs, we both did. Oh my God. Yeah, we both backed that. But we just completely ignored the fact of how great that defense was. Yeah. My homes will get it done somehow. We, exactly. That was exactly our narrative. I, I I hear you totally. And I think with both of these games, and we'll get on to, uh, to our locks in a minute, with both these games, it, you could conceivably see the 49ers and the Ravens with double-digit wins, right? Yeah. But I could also see a Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, 100%. Sure. So that, I mean, this season, all season long has been like this. Ben? Are you leaning in the totals? Maybe you're going to have a look at that or where are you going on this one? No, that, that one always makes me nervous. I'm I'm going to go with uh, the Ravens to cover. Um, it feels like the most sensible option. But like like you said, Ol, it whatever, whatever happens, it will feel like it was absolutely obvious that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the thing that I think is most likely Mm-hmm. With the with the fear that I am picking against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, which seems like a stupid thing to do, I know that I am never going to go against the Packers and Jordan Love against the spread anymore. They've messed me up. Oh, do you twice. want to make that a commandment if you want, Ben? We can make that an edge rush commandment. Yeah, that, that, that is that. that is okay. that is one of my commandments. I am never doing that again. They've completely destroyed me two weeks in a row. Um, but yeah, Ravens to cover. Okay, all right. That is that game. Let's move on to the NFC Championship, which is where all three of our Drew Locks are coming from. Ben, I'm going to let you go first. Take the floor, my friend. Okay, just before I say it, there was something I was reading um, the other day about Chuck Knoll, legendary yeah. coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the guy who created that um, that dynasty, took the job in the 60s and turned the Steelers into the team of the 1970s. Chuck Knoll was still coaching when the Lions were last in the NFC Championship game. And I consider Chuck Knoll to be from like kind of before my time. And Mm. I was watching in the 80s. I think before my time, he was just still knocking around and the Steelers just weren't particularly good. But it's a bizarre link to that 
like pre Channel Four days. Um, it's so easy to love this lion's story of getting this far, and it's not been through luck. It's been because I think they've been the best, second best team in the NFC. They absolutely deserve this spot. They're a team that I think will actually be better next season than this season. But they've not played a team like this 49ers team who have the best roster in the NFL, who are perhaps the best coach team in the NFL right now. They escaped with a win against Green Bay, but the weather played a part. Brock Purdy, I still think he's a game manager and I don't consider it an insult. I think they're going to, I think the 49ers are going to cover against the Lions. It's quite a big line at seven. Scares me a little bit, but this 49ers team is so good. They are the best of the four teams remaining. And the Lions are the weakest of the four remaining. Again, not an insult. You're down to the last four. Someone's got to be the fourth fourth best out of those four. And I think it's the Detroit Lions. But again, if it's an upset, if Dan Campbell pulls off some genius upset and Jared Goff has a great game there in Santa Clara, would I be shocked? No. But if I've got to make a Drew Locke, it has to be. It has to be the strongest favorite. It's got to be the 49ers over the Lions. You've stuck with it all season long. Would we? Well, would we ever doubt the hot hand that is Ben Isaacs <laughs> on his Drew Locks, and he's sticking, sticking with his gut once again. Propo, which way are you leaning on? Because I know what your lock is, and we'll come to that in a minute. But which way are you leaning in terms of the point spread? Again, I've been, I'm going both ways with this. I've really been flipping back and forth. I think that there is a game script where the Lions can have success against the 49ers. I think they can run on them. I thought the way the Packers did it last week, Aaron Jones completely destroyed them. The 49ers rushing stats have been inflated all season long because they've been one of the best, like they've had, they've had a lead for more proportions of the games this season, the majority of teams in the history of NFL. So teams aren't going to run against them. So those rushing stats are inflated. And I think you're going up against a Lions team that can run. You've got Kibbs and David Montgomery, who I think could have huge games. One of my prop bets is David Montgomery over 42 and a half rushing yards. Since week 13, San Francisco has allowed the seventh highest explosive run rate, the sixth highest missed tackles per attempt, and the ninth highest yards after contact per attempt. So the key for the Lions here is is to get stops and to not allow this 49ers offense to run all over them, not necessarily run all over them, but to pass all over them because they're a good uh, run D, but a terribly, terrible passing defense. They're one of the biggest pass funnels in the NFL. So as long as the Lions can keep this game relatively close, I think that this game should be interesting because I just think that the Lions can run on them, but obviously the 49ers have a lot of strength in the secondary. So I am leaning towards the Lions plus seven and a half. I think it's gone over that key number. It's now moved to seven and a half, which is obviously key. That being said, there is obviously a uh, possibility that Jared Goff, there's the whole thing about how bad he is outdoors, how bad he is indoors, how bad he is on the road compared to how good he is in Detroit. There is the possibility that this defense does completely destroy him. He gets wide-eyed and he collapses, but he has got everything around him to succeed. Can we just talk about how unbelievable Penn Isol is and the fact that he's going up against Nick Bosa? I mean, he's developed into one of the best linemen in the league. He's developed into a leader. Taylor Decker on the other side going up against Chase Young. That's an elite matchup as well. He's obviously got Amon Rasen Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's got Sam Laporte, who I think could have a tough day going up against the linebackers, Greenlaw and Fred Warner. But he's got all of these weapons. He's got Josh Reynolds, who's his safety blanket from their days in LA. He's got all the weapons to succeed 
succeed. It's just all about whether he can keep his head, keep focused and deliver. Whereas on the other side of the ball now, I'll be honest with you, I'll be taking the 49ers team total. My Drew Lock of the week is the total over 50 and a half. I don't see there any way that because it's not raining, which seems to be Brock Purdy's kryptonite, uh, that Brock Purdy (laughs) and this 49ers offense and the weapons, whether Debo Samuel's playing or not, and I think he will play, whether he's playing or not, I think the 49ers are going to be able to score so many points in this defense. Glenn's done a great job getting the best out of a very, very poor, talented, a poor, talented roster in that defensive side. And yes, Aiden Hutchinson could have a big game going up against that right side of the offensive line, but I don't think that's going to be enough because they're going to have Ayuk, they're going to have George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. It's it's going to be in terms of a offensive to defensive side of the ball. I think it could be a bloodbath. It's just where the Lions can keep up, which I think they can as long as it doesn't get too ugly too early. Before we hear from you, Nat, can I ask can I ask one other hypothetical question based on this? Where at certain points in history we've had it where you've had the same two teams in the championship game for like a few years in a row. Felt like, you know, we had Cowboys 49ers for a while in the 90s. And I'm not saying I'm expecting to see that with the Lions and 49ers. But if we're here in 12 months' time and it's the Lions 49ers again, are you going to be surprised at that? Mm, interesting. I mean, obviously the 49ers have been perennial, much like the Chiefs, of course, in 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 the you know the last five years or so. Are you, so you're saying are the Lions here to stay as a mini dynasty? I th- I, yeah, I think so. I think this is a t- this is a team that is built to be a playoff contender mm. for the next five years. Which when is... they've rebuilt over the past three years, yeah. Which is so yeah, and I'm saying this because I think uh, we're perhaps talking down the lines, but only in comparison with this current 49ers team. This Lions team, I don't think is going anywhere. This isn't like, oh, this is a cute story of look how, look how far they've come and, you know, pat them on the head. This, they have not, this is a franchise that has not had sustained success in the Super Bowl era. Like mm. we could have to go back to the 1950s. And I think they are going to have their best run since the 1950s. And t- let's be honest, it might not result in a Super Bowl. But my God, if you're a Lions fan and you're in the playoffs every year and you're in contention and you're a relevant team every year, my God, you'd kill for that, right? Mm. This, this mm. is... I'm, I cannot wait for this game, and I'm really excited to see what, what the Lions are going to do because I had no faith in Dan Campbell. No faith. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I had no faith. Yeah, I think you were... It's been brilliant. You are in the majority there as well, Ben. I think that most people thought it was going to be a, a a car crash and he has had the last laugh and, and could still go on further. I mean, brilliant analysis uh, from, from both of you on this. Debo's fascinating, obviously, because there's statistically beyond that they are a different offense when he's not playing and no fracture. He'll be fine. He'll definitely suit up. But oh, Propo's got his hands up. Yeah, 49ers are 12 and 1 when Debo starts and they're 1 and 4 when he doesn't. Right. There you go. Bang. Thank you. Right on the money. And I, what are we going to get? A 50% Debo? Worries me. Look, the ground game, you're absolutely right, Propo. is key. And I love the dynamism uh, of this of this tag team that the Lions have. If they can establish the ground game early, if they can get a bit of mo early on, golf at that offensive line is one of the best in the business, right? It is definitely one of those games where a lot has to click right simultaneously for the Lions to have a chance here. But I think as the game progresses, if they do start confidently, look, I think if they start badly, golf throws a pick, the mm. line starts, you know, they they cut through the line. The 49ers put seven, 10 unanswered points up. It could get me- it could get horribly messy. But I think the Lions will keep it competitive. I think they'll start strong. I think as the game goes on, there'll be more pressure on. We don't know. We don't know Purdy in this situation. 
he is ice cool, but we don't know in this situation, in this moment, if they can keep it close. I love the fact that everyone is keying in on the Goff under pressure situation. Gosh, Goff under pressure. Every quarterback's worse under pressure. Goff actually isn't that bad this season, probably mm. because of the offensive line. But, but I mean, Bosa waited on this as well. This is a quote I was reading from Bosa and, and doing it with grace. And, and he wasn't smack talking in a CJ Gardner Johnson kind of way, right? But he said, he's played great with LA. He's played great in Detroit. But the key is obviously getting pressure on him. Everyone is making out that this, that Goff falls off a cliff. Historically, maybe this season, he doesn't. He, he's ranked 16th in terms of quarterback rating under pressure. PFF numbers, and we were talking about this with Sam Ty on the pod on Wednesday. He's top 10, I think, in, in terms of their metrics to apply mm -hmm. it. So there, it, this isn't a quarterback that just is is completely Jekyll and Hyde under pressure. No. I, and you know, I just want to say, I, I, it's a hard one to quantify. He seems so much happier and at right. home as right. a Lion compared with the Rams. Well, I, I think it may have been, it was that such an early draft pick and it was like, here, carry the franchise, do everything for us. And he wasn't that sort of player. I and love now that it's like, I love now it's point. like, play a role. We're going to nurture you. Dan Campbell absolutely loves the guy and he looks like, okay, do you know what? If I make a mistake, I'm not going to have everyone jump down my throat. Absolutely right. Everyone's going to be like, come on, let's keep going. He seems so happy in Detroit. He is that kind of, but he's that most players, again, apart from, CJ Gardner Johnson are confidence <laughs> players to a stronger or lesser degree. Every, you know, everyone is every, pretty much every athlete you talk to is to a degree. Now the great ones phase it out when something goes wrong, they shut it down. There's so much, of course, in the mind and sports psychology these days to train and, and but Goff unequivocally was all the baggage of being the number one overall pick, but he's not quite good enough. And McVeigh's in his ear. He's not quite good enough. And he's he, he, the confidence would drain out of him. This is a different Jared Goff. I love that point, Ben. And I think that on the basis, it's not, I, I, can, I can see sort of eight minutes in just on oh, no, the lines have already blown it. But on the basis, they don't. They keep it keen. At half time, they're in this game. The longer it goes on, I think they're in it. So my Drew Lock of the week is the Lions plus seven and a half. I'm going, I'm rolling with them. Do they win it straight up? You know what? I might have a bit of, I might have a bit of a mm. Chiefs Lions double as well. I, might I would love that. Chiefs Lions. It's nine to one that. Chiefs yeah, I would love that. If the Lions lose, and it's just because there's a, there's a phrase you use, and I don't, I don't think you meant it in a derogatory way, right? But you said like the Lions blow it. I think if they lose, I don't think it's because they've like, they've blown it. Do you know what I mean? That like, oh, same old Lions. They just mm. messed it up. If they start to fall behind by, say, 14 points, it's probably because McCaffrey's doing something amazing. It's that Debo Samuel is absolutely fine. It's that Brock Purdy is just hitting everything rather than it being the lines letting it happen, making mistakes. You know, I mm. I, I just I can't I can't wait. I mean, I, the this set of championship games, there's just so much going on. The like the stories of the the very different kind of quarterbacking stories between the two teams just it blows my mind i love it but i, I want to go now uh, can we go now i can know we just fast we just forward to sunday to you now bloody hell well we could do and just hold up there we for could. 48 hours and get shit faced and then watch <laughs> then watch about four minutes of the game and fall asleep propo we should also give some props to uh Brock Purdy here. Me and Ben obviously have been relatively critical of him throughout the season, but if he wasn't playing in this 49ers team and if he wasn't surrounded by the players he had, let's also talk about that he had a game-winning drive without Debo Samuel last week. And let's also talk about the fact that mm. he was taken as the last pick in the draft mm. two years ago 
and he's made back-to-back NFC Championship games. Like, you've yeah. got to give him some props there. Yeah. I, I feel like the story is so around whether or not he is actually a good quarterback or whether he's just being uh, made to look better by the pieces around him. Let's just look at it, what it is for now. He's, he's just made back-to-back NFC Championship games as the Mr. Undraftable uh, a year ago, essentially, two years the, ago. He's the perfect quarterback for what the 49ers want to do. He's incredibly coachable. He does exactly what all the coaches want at each time. He was outplayed for much of that game against Green Bay by Jordan Love. When it mattered, he got it done. Felt and a bit seen... ish didn't it? Huh? Well, I, w- I was going to say... felt a bit Brady-ish. I hate to I was say gonna, it, but that drive I was gonna felt say, a bit Brady-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 was, I like it. I was going to go back to another greatest of all time. I was going to say it was a little bit Joe Montana. Of Ooh. where things not quite going right, and hell, then fellas. it's like Ste- steady on. <laughs> not, I'm not talking ability. I'm not talking no. ability. I'm no, talking man, about executing a yeah. game plan mm, exactly. perfectly and yeah. getting it done. And well, if also, that's the it, definition it, of a game manager, then yeah. it's not an insult. And look, Purdy's Purdy's strong suit, as you pointed out, Ben, is 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 his composure and his consistency and his rhythm in a in a system like this. But if you also, and I guess this is composure, but if you if you double down on that and, and put him in clutch situations, it feels because he feels impervious to fear that he's got that as well. That's that's a pretty good makeup. That's yeah. a pretty good combination, particularly when you're trying to win a championship, particularly when you're talking about knockout football, when you know that collectively the caliber of your team is going to have you in most games. That is what separates. It's that throw. It's that moment. It's that two minute drive. So. I, I like it. I like okay, it. Okay, this... here, here's, here's one for you. I, I feel like Ollie's the one who'd be able to kind of give us the number here. If Patrick Mahomes was quarterback of the 49ers this Sunday, what's the line over Detroit? Oh, my Ooh. God. 13 and a half. 20? Is yeah. it? Really? I think, I think it's it 14. Be... I reckon it'd be, it'd be massive. I reckon it'd be, it'd be massive. 10 and a half. No, I think it's, I think no. it's two touchdowns. If they're at home. Best, best roster home. in the game with someone who's got the trajectory to be perhaps the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. Okay. I, what's the I, line? What's the line in Ravens Chiefs if Brock Purdy's the quarterback for the Chiefs? Oof. Ten plus ten for no. Oh, uh, what? No, I mean, I mean minus ten for plus Baltimore. ten. Minus yeah. ten. What? Yeah, I think it'd be about. I think it'd be close to about minus twelve and a half. I think you'll get. I think you're getting genuinely about ten points for with Mahomes over Purdy. Uh, yeah. What would the line be? Last one. We then better pick our team. What would the line be in 49ers Lions if let's go, Zach Wilson was <laughs> the 49ers quarterback? Pick him. A picker. Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> I no. think it would be. I actually think it would be a picker. Yeah, I, I think, think Detroit, Lions I think might Detroit be road dog, favorites. road favorites. Yeah, I think they Detroit would. Detroit by three. Detroit by three. Detroit by two and a half on the road. I love it. Um, right. Time. That's all. Oh, actually, no. What am I saying? I was about to dive into our team of the week. We've been uh, we'd be going off on all kinds of tangents. Um, proper. We've got to do. So you said at the top of the show, you've already taken care of business with yeah. Um, your championship variations on our acker and uh, of course we've had our. Have you done all your prop bets? You got any more? We got to squeeze out. So I've got. Or? So I list them through here. So basically, okay. the other prop bets that I've got for this game, I've got quite a few for this game. Hmm. Um, and then I'll do the bets that the kind of I've put them into. So my Drew Lock of the week in terms of prop bets is Christian McCaffrey over thirty six and a half receiving yards. Basically, Detroit is also they've allowed the second highest yards per reception to running backs. And I think that CMC because he won't necessarily get the success on the ground that he did against Green Bay because of how good the Lions are at stopping the run. I think that they're going to exploit McCaffrey and still utilize 
his capabilities and utilize how just sensational of an athlete he is in the passing game. So I like him to go over 36 and a half receiving yards in this one. I also like it. We did Mike Evans last week. Hope everyone got on that. Who can occur in the super wildcard round? Justin Jefferson twice in the late games. All went over 140 yards against the Lions going up against this secondary. Cam Sutton getting absolutely torched. So I like Brandon Ayuk. Over 18.5 receiving yards is quite high. I think the safer play is over 5.5 receptions. Uh, I like Josh Reynolds. Over 38.5 receiving yards this season with play-action dropbacks, which I think the Lions are going to have to utilise a lot going up against this Niners defence. Reynolds ranked second in first read share. So I like him in this game to be that safety blanket for the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. And I've already mentioned my David Montgomery one. So how we're going to put that into the bets is the Peterman parlay is going to be Brandon Ayuk over five and a half receptions, Josh Reynolds over 38 and a half receiving yards and CMC over 36 and a half receiving yards. You'll get eight to one on that over at Fitzdares or 7.4 to one. And for the edge rush Acker, we're going with a touchdown one. We're going with Brandon Ayuk for reasons I've already said, David Montgomery for the reasons I've already said. And then I'm throwing Gus Edwards. He still gets the majority of carries in the red zone for the Baltimore Ravens. And yes, he didn't get in last week, but I think he's going up against Chiefs defense that does suffer against the run, especially a bulldozer like Gus Edwards. 10 to 1, you can get on that over on Fitzstairs. Loving your work, Propo. All right. Uh, so we're ready for the team of the week. Now, of course, as I said at the top of the show, our DraftKings Listener League, the Natcoom Show Listener League, is free to enter. So if you just click on the link there or Seb will push out on our social channels, it enters you into a contest or just go up. If you haven't got a DraftKings account, sign up. You NC show as the promo code. If you're struggling finding it, just tap us up on X and uh, and the guys will send you a link. But you should be able to find it and take, go directly to it from the link in the show notes. And then you'll be in the league and you'll get every contest every week you can enter. USA Sports giveaway merch every week to the winner of that contest. DraftKings cash prizes. Anything we win from our listener, from our show team, I should say, uh, goes to our charity of choice, show charity of choice, Shelter. We totted up along with all the Natisms, uh, of which there are a gazillion, and uh, and the money goes at the end of the season to our friends at Shelter. Right, Benny, what do we got? Okay, so quarterback, I've got Brock Purdy because it's not going to rain. Um, running back, I've got Christian <laughs> McCaffrey. Yeah, um, it's and not I've got rain. Uh, I've got Justice Hill um, of the Ravens. At wide receiver, I've got Nelson Aguilar, um, Rushy Rice, and Amon Rasen Brown. Um, tight end, I've got Greg Kittle. In the flex, I've got Rashad Bateman. Got Greg Kittle. <laughs> Greg, Greg Kittle. Kittle. He played for Reading in like the oh 90s. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. He's going to give mean, it a go. I mean, he'll every, see how we get every on. Single, every single time I do a DraftKings, people might think like I'm, I'm doing it deliberately, but I will just read out a list and I will just end up saying someone's name wrong. Um, but I think uh, the Dwight Schultz one was the best. Well, um, I did Dwight which, Schultz bed as well. Don't worry. I did Dwight Schultz with all last season. It's just, uh, it's there are just certain, there are just certain people where it just that's what goes into my brain. Um, oh, have you ever seen an episode of the original A Team TV series? No, no, never no. seen the A Team. No, never no, no, seen no. it. Not even like a no. ten seconds of it. No, I know Mr. T is, but I can tell you any of the characters. <laughs> what? You I can tell you anyone outside of Mr. T. You've never heard of Face Man. No, you know well, that's a stupid face. name, isn't oh, it? Oh right, okay. Oh, so my God, we're in deep water here, all. So So if we were right the A Team, Nat, obviously you. You are face, right? You, you are definitely the face, man. Thank you. That's the nicest thing Ben's ever said. Definitely Mr. T. I can sit... No, I, I think I'm Hannibal. I think I'm Hannibal. You're right? Hannibal, yeah. Yeah, because I, I love it when a plan comes together. I think oh. Ollie guesses he's going to be Murdoch. I, surely Carlson's Murdoch. <laughs> I, th I thought he was Mr. T. Or B.A. Baracus, I should say. But yeah. Oh, God. What do you think, gang? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know. 
I remember um, when um, on Americanage, back in the Americanage days, we did which Transformer would we be and let the <laughs> listeners vote. And um, uh, I was either a combination of Bumblebee or um, Hot Rod. I was getting quite a lot of. I get all any Transformers references mean anything to you at all? Yeah, I've seen the films with obviously okay. Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf. Uh, but I would like to say that that's they're not Transformers. I want to make that clear. That's yeah. potentially. I mean, I'm just glad. It's just so good to know that even though the Americanage days were before me, but you still managed to maintain your complete and utter Partridge esque call outs to <laughs> listeners saying listeners yeah. what transformers Which would we be, we? Might be <laughs> one of the most partridge things of all time oh, and i've got and i've got quite a few in my locker though surely the most partridge thing in the history of this show or our broadcasting together was ben's quartermax's biscuits, yeah, quarter biscuits. That was the most surely oh, you, God, shouldn't, so you shouldn't let me be on the radio when i'm hungry unfortunately <laughs> I'm always hungry. Derek Carr, Bourbon, or Digestive. <laughs> um, we have I don't know where completely... any of it went. I don't even yeah. remember any single player. Anyway, Rashad Bateman. Yeah. In the flex. Because yeah. yeah. he was cheap. And then I could only afford um for the defense, especially I could only afford Detroit, who were the cheapest of the four. So I'll run through that again. Yeah. Purdy, Justice Hill, McCaffrey, Aguilar, Rice. St. Brown, Kittle, Bateman, and the Lions defense and special teams. That's nice. a winning combination. Now we're going to enter that into our listener league. Uh, but Propo is going to enter one as well. Remember, Propo, if you win with your team, you gotta you gotta give the money to shelter. So who are you backing? Who's your team? So my team is relatively similar to uh Ben, but we've got some of the actually quite different sort of big pieces. Obviously, the two we do have is Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. I also have David Montgomery as Isaiah Pacheco as my running backs for reasons already said. And then Brandon Ayuk and Purdy is my big link up. That's my one-two punch for it. I think they're gonna completely go off in this game. And then I've also got Josh Reynolds for reasons already said. Justin Watson's the other one I like. And then I've also managed to add in Mark Andrews, who I think you're getting a lot of value on because mm. of the fact that he is injured. And I think I I like him to have a relatively big game despite the Chiefs. Been good at stopping tight ends, and then I've gone with the 49ers defense and special teams in this one going up against the Lions. Lovely, well and good, lovely. but you mm. you didn't get any of those names wrong, and you didn't compare mm. any of them to like a bag of crisps. Yeah, so true. I don't know how much faith I can put in that team. Okay, fine. Like, I've actually got Chris Montgomery, the former Sheffield United centre back, <laughs> as one of my running backs in this. <laughs> Carl Lieburn is one of my uh, is my flex player. <laughs> yeah, to be clear. Um, brilliant stuff, fellas. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed today's show. I always do with you too, and I'm looking forward to Sunday watching the games with you. If you're going to be at Passion, come find us. Come say hi. And uh, if you're not, wherever you're watching the games, enjoy them. We will be back. The show that is on Monday. Very worried about this. All Iron Mike's in Spain. Um, I asked him how the Wi-Fi was. Was it a tax thing again? Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a police thing I, it's I an just, extradition thing I'm just laying it out there now gang Monday show might be for all kinds of reasons because also Carson wants to do it early evening uh, I mean yeah there uh, everything that could go wrong probably will with that show so enjoy that a lot of sangria um, yeah a lot of sangria a lot of editing for Propo that one's going out Monday anyway uh, and we've got some brilliant guests lined up over the coming fortnight, of course, after the championship games will be all about the Super Bowl. We're going to be out in Vegas, but we're not flying out until the weekend, basically, till late in the week. Um, so we'll be, we'll be doing a show from out there. And, of course, on the Monday morning when Propo and I, um, well, we could just stay up all night at the blackjack table after the game. Are you thinking, me and you doing a show on Monday morning? Yes, we are. <laughs> Look at his face. Yeah, we are. Don't forget the Zoom off. 
That's wild. Okay, fine. I did not realize that. But I'm hoping Monday we're going to have it a show. It does make complete week. sense. We're both in Vegas that we would do a show on the Monday morning. Well, but you think so? Yeah. Or we could do it from. We've done it from the stadium before uh, after the game, but we're, it's a full-on broadcast. So we kind of. Yeah. No. I think uh, realistically, I think what we do is we just take a uh, we take predictions now from the listeners as what's going to be a more chaotic show: Mike from Spain or us from Vegas. Okay. Let's get. I'm going to ask Seb to put that poll out and see 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 how the gang vote on that uh, one. And is Propo gonna? Are you gonna give us um, a load of great potential prop bets for the Pro Bowl? I mean, that's oh, that's the, the big one. Bowl. Yeah, that's the big God, one, no. isn't it? No, absolutely not. I absolutely to not. Says Propo. No, no. Um, we got J Bell in the house next week. Next week, right? J Bell's in. Yeah, next week. Okay. J Bell. Lots of other special guests coming your way. So keep it here on the NC Show. One last call uh, to vote for us in the podcast awards because i think that uh, this is the last week of it right i heard uh greg and the boys on around the nfl um talking uh talking up because they're in the categories so they're, they're obviously gonna win right uh they're in there as well uh but they were giving us a shout out so back at your fellas um but as you suggested i think dan suggested on that show vote for us 100 percent vote for us i will put the link in our show notes as well and said we'll give it one last push over on social oh that look after yourself folks cheers, cheers. Podcast Network.